All right. Well, good morning, New Beginnings. Excited to be preaching this weekend. We are in the fourth week of our current series, Live Long and Prosper. And I do want to encourage you, if you haven't been here the last few weeks, or even if you missed one, you can always go to our uh, website, YouTube page, whatever, to watch the previous three messages, because this has been a, a very powerful and impacting series. Amen? Amen. Really opening our eyes to important things. And I feel like one of the things that we're <clears throat> making sure that we're seeing throughout this series that we really have to settle in our heart because if you don't settle this in your heart, it will honestly be difficult to receive everything else that we're learning in this series. And what we need to settle in our heart is God is good, amen, and his plan for you is good as well. God has good plans for each and every one of us. So make sure you don't get trapped into the lie uh, of the enemy sometimes that comes and, well, no, I've done this or I've done that. How could God have a good plan for me? He has a good plan for you, and he is good, and he is faithful. Amen? Amen. And really, the bottom line is this, is God loves us so much. And, and you know, love is a important word, right? I think all of us naturally want to hear somebody say, I love you. We want to know that we're loved. We want to hear that we're loved, Right? And hearing that you're loved is one thing, but having somebody put action into it and show you is another thing. Amen? You know, uh, my daughter, I tell her I love her all the time, but I show action too. So she knows, she doesn't have to doubt that I love her. Now, God showed us in the greatest way. He sent his only son to die for us. He didn't just say, I love you. He showed it. Love is an action. And he loves us so much, and he made a covenant of promise to us to be our salvation, to be our healer, amen, to be our deliverer, to be our peace, and also to be our provider. And as a loving father, he has given us principles to follow, which, what, it helps give us an advantage, so to say, when you know, we're talking about the topics of finances, over this world's financial system. Because the world's financial system... I mean, I'm sure many of us, all of us know this in, the, in this room, right? It can be up and down. If you just go by what the news is saying, what the world is saying, you're going to live kind of like a roller coaster type of life. You know, I think it was a few weeks ago. I, I don't remember exactly when, but it wasn't long ago. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure I read at least two or three different articles in that same day on different websites from different people from financial analysts or heads of banks. One person's like, oh, we're, you know, everything's going bad. And then I literally, like two hours later, I read one like, no, it actually doesn't look like it's going to be as bad as it is. And you're like, okay, well, which one is it, right? And if you just go by the world system and what it looks like and what you're hearing, you can live a roller coaster type of life. But thank God that we are not just in this world's financial system. When we follow his principles, we are in his system. Amen. And we can trust in him. We can put our faith in him and his goodness and his faithfulness. So this covenant that we have from God that we'll be talking about, that we'll be learning about, what should we do with this? Well, the first thing first, thing first is you need to first receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen? When we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we get a fresh start in life and we receive eternal life. That's first and foremost. Honestly, you don't really have to worry about finances if your eternity isn't secure. And what I mean by that is because life is going to go past this life here on earth. Amen? 
first and foremost, you need to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have to come to that point. And if you haven't, you'll have an opportunity to at the end of the service. Because God said, how do we get eternal life? Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through him. Jesus died for us so we could be restored to God the Father. It's not based upon our own works. It's based upon putting our faith in him. And then the second thing is to cooperate <clears throat> with the principles of God in each area of our life. That's what we do with this covenant. And the covenant, it provides the principles for prosperity, and that's what we're learning in this series. Guidelines that God has established in order to secure our well-being. So why? Why does God want us to prosper? Why does he want us to not have fear of finances? Why does he want us to feel secure and to provide for us? Well, it's so we could focus on the work of what? The Great Commission. Living out our life in front of people, bringing the good news to people. Jesus, in the Gospel of Matthew, in, in the last scripture recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, the Great Commission, before Jesus ascends back into heaven to be with the Father, <clears throat> Jesus says, it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. <clears throat> Amen. You know, if you ever are looking for a job, and you're applying for a job, and you're looking for jobs, you will generally see when somebody posts a job, they will have, it'll be a job description, and they might have a few things in that job description. For a Christian, this would be the most important part of the job description there is, this great commission. Because let me tell you something, maybe you're still wondering, God, what is the purpose you have for my life? God, what do you have for me to do? And I believe God has an individual purpose. He has an individual will for each and every one of us to do. But the first and foremost thing, the will of God for us, the main purpose for, of God for us is the Great Commission for us to bring the good news to others. Amen? You know, you can go, uh, and God, thing knows, God knows that we're under the pressures of life. God knows the pressures that we face daily. And he knows that if we're under those pressures daily and we're only focused on those pressures, it will be difficult to what? Win souls for the kingdom of God, to bring the good news to others. This is why we're going to be preoccupied. Our mind is going to, you know, each and every day, I believe there's opportunities. God has opportunities for us each and every day. It could be he brings somebody along your path to speak the gospel to. It could be he's trying to speak to you to, hey, send a text message out to this person or give this person a call. God brings people across our paths, I believe, all the time. But if we're under just always the pressures of life and our mind is preoccupied with things, it will probably be difficult for us to notice that. Because why? Our mind's not going to be on, Lord, I'm going to look for somebody maybe you bring across my path today. Or, Lord you know, bring somebody across my path. I want to see them and I want to be in the gospel. No, our mind's going to be like, Lord, I need to get through this day. Or Lord, how am I going to get through this day? Or what's about next week? Or what about next month? Or how am I going to make it to next year? God doesn't want us to have those pressures of life. Why? So we could fulfill that great commission. You know, in, in the book, in the gospel of Matthew, um, many of us are familiar in Matthew 6, Jesus is talking about, and before I get to the scripture, just to put it in some context, he's telling them, hey, look at the birds of the, the sky. They don't worry. God cares about you. Don't worry about what you eat. Don't worry about what you wear. And then he says in Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you. God knows what we need. 
He knows our daily needs. He wants to provide for us. He wants to take care of us. You know, and again, we need to settle that in our heart that God knows what we need and he wants to take care of us. Because if you doubt that, it will be hard for you to receive the blessings of God. You know, again, just, I'm just in my, popped in my mind, uh, thinking about my daughter. You know, my daughter's five years old. She doesn't have a worry when she wakes up of, what am I going to eat today? And maybe she does if I'm the one cooking. But other than that, she doesn't have a fear of, is there going to be food for me to eat today? Am I going to have something to wear? She knows her parents are there. She knows that we're going to provide for her, right? She knows that she's going to have what we need. Our Heavenly Father wants us to feel that way when it comes to Him. Amen? And you know, really, and we talked about this a lot last week, is the financial principles for us to cooperate with is plain and simple, is to put God first in all things, to put Him first in all things, especially our finances. And that's why this series is so important, because we know we need to put God first in all things. But honestly, for many of us, and it's just a natural thing, this one area sometimes could be the last area we put God first. Because why? Because we want to hold on to something. We have fear, whatever it may be. But God wants to be first in every area of our life. You know, there is no blessing of increase, protection, or provision without honoring God first above all other things. God wants to be honored above all other things. You know, Exodus 23. Uh, verse 3 says, you shall have no other gods before me, and, th and that's including money. You know, for many people, money can become a god in their life, and money makes a horrible god. In the world system, it, it, when it comes to that, it demands all of your attention, all of your sweat, but the truth is, when it comes to maybe, say, times of sickness, it cannot buy your health, and it cannot buy your peace. Money cannot buy your peace. Maybe temporarily, it can give you a little bit of peace, but you see all the time, there's people that have plenty of money that do not live peaceful lives. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your might. Now, we learn this and we talk about this a lot. We are three-part beings, right? Spirit soul and body and we live in a body our spirit when we receive jesus christ as our lord and savior it becomes alive unto him we are spirit beings our spirit is perfected it's alive unto him our soul is our what our mind our will and our emotions that's where a lot of the the battles of this life take place is within our soul and then we live in a body <clears throat> and he says there love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And since the soul is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions, this means that every decision that we make should come from the motive of honoring God. You know, that is a great key to life is if you are about to make a decision, especially a crucial decision, ask yourself, does this decision honor God? Proverbs chapter 3 verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. So we can see the key to financial prosperity is honor. It's honoring God. And what's honoring God? Putting him first. Amen. 
who are you honoring with your money? Because we are honoring something or someone with our money. You know, the Lord, we learned this uh, last week, the Lord dealt seriously with the nation of Israel in the book of Malachi because of this very issue, lack of honor. In the book of Malachi, it's the last book of the Old Testament before we get into the Gospels. And, you know, when you think of the book of Malachi, honestly, most people think of, because we, we use the scripture uh, a lot and just will actually, we're going to be getting into a lot of the new stuff here today. We'll be reading this scripture again. But a lot of people, when they hear the book of Malachi, they think of, oh, this scripture about the tithe and the book of Malachi, it's about the tithe. And the, and the fact is, though, that the context of the book is really all about honor and honoring God. Malachi chapter 1, starting in verse 6, it says, A son honors his father, and a servant his master. Then if I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my respect, says the Lord of armies to you, the priests who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? You are presenting defiled food upon my altar. But you say, how have we defiled you? In that you say, the table of the Lord is to be despised. And when you present a blind animal for sacrifice, is it not evil? Or when you present a lame or sick animal, is it not evil? So offer it to your governor. Would he be pleased with you or would he receive you kindly, says the Lord of armies? So God is saying here, you have not been honoring me. You have not been giving me your best. He's telling the nation of Israel here. And what we're going to be talking about today, and we're not going to be finishing this today. We're really going to be looking at one of the main principles. What we'll be talking about over the next few weeks is three main principles that God has given us to make sure that our needs are met and also not just that our needs are met, that we have plenty left over to help others. Because God wants us to be a blessing to others. He doesn't bless us just for ourselves. It's so what? We could be a, a river, right? Blessing others as well. That it could flow through us. God wants our, the blessings he gives us to flow through us, not to stop with us. And the number one principle, the, the first principle that we'll be talking about today, is honoring God with our first and our best. And you might hear that when we talk about our tithes and offering, and that word tithe, we're talking about percentage giving here. And we're going to be looking at this. Again, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, it said, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Barns filled, yes, you can say that is material wealth, right? That's a good thing. And new wine is also spiritual blessing. When we follow the principles of God, there is spiritual blessing in that as well. And now we're going to get to Malachi, the scripture that many of us in this room are probably familiar with. The scripture that when you hear about the book of Malachi is what you probably think of. And that's Malachi chapter 3, starting in verse 10. And God says, bring the whole tithe, so that word tithe again, into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. You know, it's very interesting. We talk about this. This is the only place in the word of God where God tells us to test him in anything. He says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much a blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. First off, 
really, how good is God? We see in the beginning of the book of Malachi in chapter 1, the, the nation of Israel is not honoring God. They're not honoring God, but yet God, because he is, God has grace and he has mercy, amen, he tells them here, here's a principle, guys, test me in this, bring all your tithe into my stores and see if I will not pour out for you such a blessing. And again, the tithe, that word, it's really an old English word meaning one-tenth or ten percent. And we see this established even before the Ten Commandments, all the way in the book of Genesis. And this is a formula designed by God in order for us to show him the honor that he deserves for giving us everything we need to live a contended life here on earth. You know, if we're honest, it is not the easiest thing to say, God, you have my first and my best. Now, it should be an easy thing in our heart, but sometimes it could be difficult, right? Sometimes it could be difficult to give God that first 10%, to give him that, that first one-tenth, that 10%. But something that I've learned since I've been a Christian is I would rather trust God with the 90% than trust myself with the 100%. Leviticus 27.30 it says, a tithe of, tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the tree, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. In other words, when, when you're tithing, you're not just giving to um, your money to a pastor or to a church. You're giving it to God. God has established this principle. And, and certainly, it's, it's extremely important to remember where you're giving is good soil. Amen where you're giving is good soil, but once you've made that determination that where you're giving to is good soil, your heart should release the tithe into God's hands. And the tithe, it pleases God because, again, it requires faith. It requires faith to tithe. It requires faith to say, God, you have my first and my best. This belongs to you. This is not mine. This belongs to you. That requires faith taking the first 10% of our increase, our wages, our profits from investment, whatever it may give, sometimes that can cause fear. Bring your ties in faith. Faith overcomes the fear of not having enough. Because that fear will creep in of not having enough. But God is faithful, amen? And when you bring your ties in faith, when you bring your first and your best to God in faith, it will help overcome that fear. Now, another thing we're going to be learning today is this, because what we make sure we need to note is we talk about this, you hear tithes and offerings. Now, this is important. See, tithing is not giving, and giving is not tithing. And I'm going to explain this. See, tithing is giving back to God what is already His. Amen? It's a principle. We're giving back to God what is already His. We're honoring Him. We're putting Him first. We're giving Him back what is already His. And giving is us taking from the 90% He gives for us to live on. Giving is sowing. So when we hear of sowing and reaping, tithing isn't sowing. Tithing is honoring God. It's following that principle. Tithing is an act of honor and obedience, and both are given to us to prosper. Amen? And God is desire, again, something we have to set on our heart, God's desire is for us to prosper and what? Be distributors of his blessing to be distributors of his blessings. We're going to be looking at some, some scriptures. Psalm 35, verse 27. 
It says, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. God wants to see his children prosper. He wants to see us prosper. There is blessing with that. But again, he wants to see us prosper, not so it's all for us, so that what we could be a distributors of his blessing. Because, you know, when we're distributors of his blessing, yes, we could be prospering financially. But, you know, prospering also goes past just prospering financially. You could be prosperous in your peace. You could be prosperous in your joy. You know, sometimes we hear that word prospering and we immediately we only think of, of finances. But there is also, but listen, if you're prospering in finances, but you're not prospering in peace and you're not prospering in joy, you know, there's people that they're very prosperous in their finances, but they're still up all night worried about money. It's true. But when we say, God, what you've blessed me is yours, and I'm going to be a distributor of your blessings, there also comes a peace with that. There, become, there comes a joy with that. You know, there is so much joy in when you are able to bless somebody else. You know, something that I, I've learned, and, and many of us in here, I'm sure, is, you know, and when we have, it's not, it's not that far away, which is crazy. You know, I remember as a kid during Christmas, and if I'm going to be honest, when I was a kid, I didn't care about giving anything to anybody during Christmas. I just wanted to know what I was getting. You could be like, oh, you were the same way. <laughs> I didn't care about giving a gift. I mean, you know, I would get something for, like, my mom and stuff. <clears throat> I mean, I didn't have much money when I was young, seven-year-old, but I'd make something. But I just cared what I was getting. But then, you know, as you get older, and I remember even in my teen years, all of a sudden, you st it kind of starts to reverse you kind of start getting more excited to be able to give something to someone. You start getting excited to be able to bless somebody. You know, I remember the first time, and I remember it clearly because you'll understand why I remember it clearly. <clears throat> but I remember the first time that I got to take my mom out to dinner, and it was going to be on me. And I was so excited because I was like, I'm taking you out to dinner, and I'm paying for it. And I remember it clearly because I forgot my wallet. <coughs> Literally. And it was not on purpose either. <laughs> I remember we went out to dinner, and I was so excited. And we get there and all of that stuff, and then the bill comes, and I go, my mom thought I was setting her up. And I was like, no, 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 I'll, I'll take you out there next week. I literally, anyway, that's how I remember it. But there is a blessing when we start I mean, there was a joy when I remember then when I started getting older and I started being able to buy Christmas gifts then for my mom or for my brother or for some relatives or some friends, whatever it may be. And now this day, I mean, honestly, I don't care what I get when it comes to Christmas now. It doesn't even, I barely get anything. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I care now. I want to see the joy on my daughter's face. I want to be able to get my wife something. I want to be able to bless somebody else, right? And you realize there is more joy in that than there was when you were getting something. So again, prospering, yes, prosper, when we hear the word prospering, we think of financially, but there's prospering in joy too. And when you know that you can be a blessing to others, there is a joy that comes with that. And there also is a peace that comes with that of Lord, <clears throat> I'm blessing and Lord, I know you're going to take care of me as well. 
Um, let's look at another scripture, Isaiah 48, verse 17. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. Let's look at another one, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. But you shall earnestly remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. That's important to remember. God gives us the wisdom we need in our jobs. He gives us the strength that we need to do that, what we need to do, right? That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. God brings us into covenant with himself. When you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, we are now in covenant with the Father. Amen? And God wants to provide our needs. He does not want us to lack. He wants us to belong to him. You know, lack, he does not want us to lack. He wants lack to have no place in a believer's life. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, David wrote. He says, I shall not lack. God doesn't want us to lack financial resources. He, again, he doesn't want us to lack peace. He doesn't want us to lack joy. He wants us to prosper because God does not want you to lack in anything. And he gives us the principles in his word in order for us to have success here on this earth. Proverbs chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. He who has a slacked hand becomes poor, but the, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. God establishes principles, and we see this. God, he wants us to work hard. Proverbs 12, 11 again, and we're seeing a lot of book of, Proverbs, book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom, right? It says, those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. And then Ephesians, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, he says, let the thieves no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Paul writes here, he, to work hard, Right? To have our needs met, but then also so that what we have, so we can share with those in need. That is the desire of God. In other words, work hard, work smart as well, and God will honor it. God will honor it. And again, you may think, well, is it, is it just God who determines who has success or not? Well, we have a part to play, too. We have to apply the principles of God to our life. Amen? We have to apply those principles. We know that God, he wants us to prosper. He wants us to be able to be a blessing to others, and we have to apply the principles of the word of God in our life. We, you know, we have something to do. You know, I, sh I share this example because um, it's one that always pops to, to my mind. <clears throat> if you are in need of a job, if you're looking for a job. First thing, believe God that he's going to have a good job for you. Amen? Believe God that he's going to have a job that will supply all your needs and that you will be a blessing to others. But when after you need a job and you pray to God that he's going to find a job, you can't just then never leave your house. Right? It would be nice if it worked that way. But more than likely, you're not going to just pray and then you're just going to wait and somebody's just going to come on your door, knock on your door and say, hey, I have a job for you. Has that ever happened to somebody before? Possibly. Maybe God put it, but that's generally not how it's going to happen, right? 
So what happens? You need to go to God first. You pray. You put your supplications, your requests into his hands. You trust him. You stand on scriptures. And then you, what, have to go out. You have to apply to jobs. Believe that each job you're applying to, God, if this is a job you have for me, I'll thank you. I will have favor, Lord God. I will have favor. This application will have favor. Lord, I'm applying to these jobs, and you know the job that I'm supposed to have. Father, lead me and guide me to apply for the right job that you have for me. And then you go do that, and what happens? You're believing God. You're doing what you can do in the natural. God meets you in the middle, and he supplies all of our need. But we have a part to play in that, right? God wants us to, to, for us to prosper. He wants us <clears throat> to have success. And if he didn't, why would we have so many promises about him providing for us? He wants to provide for our needs. You know, Psalm 37, uh, verse 25, David wrote again. He said, once I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. And Philippians, we know this, this scripture, this is one of the most uh, popular scriptures regarding finances that we talk about. And you really need to know the context. See, Paul's writing to the, the church in, in Philippi. He's writing to the Philippian church. And a couple of verses before this, he's talking about how at this time he said, you guys have been so faithful to me. They have been providing for Paul's needs. They have been giving according to the principles of God. And then Paul, after he says that, he says, and my God shall supply all of your need, he tells them, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He supplies all of our need according to his riches and his glory by Christ Jesus. Amen? When we follow the principles of God, his ways, this is a promise that we can stand on. So today, we've been able to see, and we see this principle of the tithe, this percentage giving, giving God that honor, giving him our first and our best. And it is a principle that when we see, God will pour out blessing. He will protect us. He wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. Amen? But one of the last thoughts that I want to leave you with today is this. All the principles and the promises that we've just discussed, again, must be applied by faith. They have to be applied by faith, by believing God is who he is, who he says he is, and that he is faithful to his word. And you know, when it comes to this, I, I know, you know from myself, and we need to really have this, this heart as well, is again, we have to take these principles, we have to take these promises, we have to apply them by faith, but I'm not just interested in using my faith for my own wants and needs. I'm totally sold out. We need to be totally sold out on using my faith, using our faith to finish the assignment that God has for us. To know, God, I'm believing you to supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus, first and foremost, so I can walk out the plan that you have for my life. And then, Lord, also so I can be a blessing to others. Because my assignment, our assignment, all of our assignment, again, that good news, it speaks into eternity. Amen? You know, we have needs and we have wants, each and every one of us. But those needs and those wants that we have, they end when our life on, here on earth ends. You know, pastor says all the time, you're not going to have to worry about paying a mortgage in heaven. You're not going to have to worry about making a car payment in heaven. You're not going to have to worry about going out and getting groceries in heaven. 
You're not going to worry about having to pay for gas, whatever it may be. Our wants and our needs, and we have those, and they are important to God, again, while we're here on earth, because we have to live a life here on earth, right? But they end when this life here on earth ends. When we speak of eternity, again, what we bring into eternity, because, you know, the truth is, is what we have, and listen, God has called us, again, to be faithful stewards. He even says in the word of God, he wants us to leave our inheritance to our children and our children's children. But for us, when we leave on earth, nothing comes with us. Only what we've done for God here on this earth. And that's why we need to have faith that God will supply all of our needs. God, so I could walk out the assignment that you have for me while I'm here on this earth. Amen? Why don't we all stand up? What I want to do is I want to pray. I want to pray for each and every one of us. I'm going to pray for our finances, that God will continue to bring blessing. And I want to pray, too, if you're in here, and maybe, you know, we talked about that principle of the tithe, and if you haven't stepped out in faith doing that, I want to pray that you will step out in faith and you will see the hand of God upon your life and his faithfulness. Amen? So join me in prayer. Father, I just thank you that you are faithful and you are good. Father, I trust you. I thank you that you bring blessing upon my life so I can be a blessing to others. That you supply all of my need so I could walk out the assignment that you have for me here on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And Lord, I also want to pray for each and every person in here, Lord. I just thank you. You bring increase upon their household, Lord. And I pray for those, Father, who will be, end up stepping out in faith for the first time in the principle of the tithe, Lord. That, Father, when they step out in faith, that fear will be gone. But, Lord, most importantly, they will see your blessing upon their life. Yes, financially, but also they will see your blessing of peace. They will see your blessing of joy in their life. I thank you, Lord, that you are a good father who takes care of his kids. And I pray, Lord, for each and every person in here that maybe they are struggling with a need right now, Lord. They might be struggling in fear with something coming up financially, Lord. That, Father, that you are the God who is our provider, that you are our provider, and that you will supply all of their needs, and that they can give it to you in faith. They could trust you, Lord God. And that, Father, you, Lord, will open doors for them. You will open the floodgates of heaven, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, church, listen, before we're dismissed, if you are in this room, and again, what we talked about in the very beginning of the message, First and foremost, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never given your life to him. When we're dismissed in just a minute, do not leave this room. Come up here. Tell one of our prayer workers, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Because again, that's when you enter into covenant with God. That's when you can start applying the, the principles, the promises of God to your life. Because the first and foremost thing is that where are we going to spend eternity? God loves you so much. He sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die for you so that you would not perish, but you can have everlasting life in him. But that's a decision that you need to make here on this earth. 
that you can't do this life alone. The, the Word of God says to repent of our old ways and to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It says when we do that, when we surrender our life to Him, we receive Him, the Spirit of God comes and seals us. It is our promise, our guarantee for eternity in heaven with the Father. That is first and foremost because this life will pass. And you need to make that decision while you're here on earth. So when we're dismissed, please come up here. Let us know. I want to give my life to Jesus. It would be our absolute honor to lead you into that salvation prayer. And if you need prayer for anything else, please come up here. We want to stand in faith with you for what you're believing for. Amen? Amen, Amen church. Well, listen, God bless you all. We love you, and we will see you next weekend.